Do you hear yourself? And so that's to put it in normal, easy terms to understand. You give yourself credit when you have the best financial month you ever had, but you don't give yourself any credit when you have the lowest, even though in those moments you didn't enjoy life when you had the best financial month you ever had, but you did enjoy life when you had the lowest. That is the universe trying to show you something. So maybe, maybe there's a shift and it doesn't have to be either or. But because you've been either or, that's what you've been getting. So the universe is saying there is a way for you to have it all. You can have your time with family. You can have your time with friends. You can have your massage. You can go do your spiritual work and you can have money. But you can't put money first and do that. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. Money, money, money. We have been talking about money a fair bit since the beginning of 2023 and our relationship with it, how we manage money when we find ourselves with our back up against a wall or we're feeling a little bit of pressure in our business or in our life. And while we've been labeling this really well so far this year, I don't feel like we've done a great job of exploring the origins of our relationship with money, categorizing really out of the gates our natural tendencies and preponderances for how we enable money to flow into us or through us. To facilitate a deeper understanding and conversation around this element to our relationship with money, I have invited my friend Kine Quarter. Kine is the founder of a company called Presidential Lifestyle, and she has this very unique background in that she was a financial planner and then decided she would become a psychotherapist. And then finally, she would blend these different elements to help women further develop their acumen around money, business, and the mindset that bridges the gap between the two. This was a really fun episode where not only did we jam on the concepts of money, but Kine took us through some of her blueprints to help you understand your origins. What is your prosperity blueprint? What natural tendencies do you have in terms of attracting money into your life? And then once it is there, what is your money management archetype? What is your natural tendency in terms of how you are going to manage the money that comes into your life? It was a fun conversation. It had amazing frameworks. And Kine, what can I say? She is a wonderful, amazing friend. And I'm so excited for you to have the chance to get to meet her as well. Kine Corder, welcome to Impact. We had a moment before this started where like several times I'm like, why are we not recording this? Because we're just, we were just dropping these like tweetable, inspiring, uh, amazing knowledge bombs. And I'm kind of hoping now that we've hit record, we can keep going on this piece. And I want to set my audience up so they know where we are going uh, on this element. I know that uh, your expertise and gift to the world is really helping women achieve a level of business, emotional, and money mastery so that they really are untethered and unleashed to be able to go and have their version of impact in the world. And I've been talking a lot about money and our belief systems and why we do certain things when we're triggered around money over the last few weeks. And I thought we have to stop telling everybody what the problem is without we have to give them simultaneously the tools to understand why they are executing upon certain patterns. And honestly, there is no one I can think of who is better positioned to do this than you. And so before we jump into that, Kine, can you share with my audience why I feel that way? Why is this such a unique skill that you possess? Uh, Yes. So I would guess the answer to why would be I have a background in financial planning. So first of all, not many women in that space, Series 7, 66 license, especially when I got into it. And then second, not that many Black women in the space. So because of that, I worked really hard to get to like to be the expert at it, right? Because I had to show up. And then I realized that my clients needed help with more than just stock picks and financial plans. First of all, they weren't 
keeping the financial plans in place. They would change it. We put it in place. Next thing I know is a whole new thing next week, next month. So, <laughs> so that was first of all. Like and, then, yeah. and then there was all this anxiety and trauma and stuff, depression even. Even though they had money, they didn't have emotional mastery. And so then I wanted to help, but I didn't have any tools. I didn't have any training. So I went back to school, got my master's in clinical mental health counseling, and then blended the two, the emotional mastery, the money mastery. And then I even added business strategies onto that because I've been an entrepreneur all my life. And so my parents were entrepreneurs. So there was this innate uh, understanding of business and marketing that I had, but it also needed to be honed and shaped and, and trowed and aired <laughs> its way through. Um, so because I have this unique blend of skills and also gifts, and then what also like, I think the thing that I can't teach that I won't be able to hand over, but it would be a pleasure for me to give it out is my intuition. So I can always feel your audience. I can feel you. I can feel the problems in the room and they I always come with solutions. I've never, oh, that's a problem. Mm, that's terrible. Hope that works out for you. No, I <laughs> always have a solution. My intuition gives it to me. I like almost have like a direct connection to the universe where it's like, blam. And I'm like, here, I got this solution. And people are like, oh, I never thought of that. And I'm like, wow. We're, well, this is why we're supposed to be talking. So I think that is the why behind it the skills, but also the gift that I have and the fact that we can share in this open space and be vulnerable because you said, I'm going to take this somewhere and I hope, I don't hope I'm not circumventing the question you have next, but you described me as this person who helps women do this. But what you don't know is I prefer to work with men and I have for many, many years, but the universe just kept telling me, go to women, like women need you. And I'm like, but they're so hard to work with. <laughs> There's so much there. Yeah. yeah. So it was a fight. It was a fight to, to answer my calling. I was like, I, I don't know if they'll listen to me. I have a very masculine way of being. Yeah. I have some femininity, but when I'm teaching, I'm look, do what I say, do it this way. And women don't always like that. <laughs> but sometimes, so I want to set everyone up here. Like sometimes we need that. Sometimes it, like the, the circumventing and the like, let's spend 10 years making sure everyone is a hundred percent comfortable mm. at all times often just means we're holding space for the trauma and actually mm. not fixing the problem. The people are like, I want this problem fixed, but also can we just, I'm, I I want to start with trauma and I want to start with, with money if we can Yes. Uh, right there, because I, I want us to be able to talk about money in a forward momentum capacity while simultaneously honoring the trauma that seems to be triggered yeah. when we, uh, when we go there. And the intention here is that we find a way forward so that these two things can move into a state of momentum simultaneously, uh, because I don't want I don't want people's progress with respect to money to be shelved while we're unpacking the trauma piece. I actually mm. feel like money can be a catalyst to unpack these components. But why oh, the heck yeah. is money so triggering for people? Like, why is it the root of so much trauma if it's this neutral entity in the universe? Yeah. I mean, some of it is just that society created this, this um, programming around money. It's okay to talk about health. It's even now okay to talk about your sex life, but it is not okay to talk about your money unless you're faking it till you make it, right? Then you could talk all day long about your million dollars in your boat, in your Ferrari or whatever. But if the truth is, I'm not sure how to make my next million or my first million or my first next 50,000. If that is the truth, then you don't feel comfortable saying that because society says, one, don't talk about money. That's nobody's business, but your own. It also says two, if you're not making a lot of it, you're not, it. you're nobody, you're nobody. So stop talking like, no, cause nobody doesn't get listened to. So you shouldn't be talking. And then three, because you believe now that because you don't have money, you're not worth anything. Then you don't even see your other gifts 
which are way bigger than the fact that you can make money or whether you can make money or not. And because money has become so masculine, it also has this like kind of love hate relationship going on where people feel like, oh, if I have to work hard for money, right? Well, why would I do that? I'm not working hard for money. I don't even like hard work. Or it's better to give than to receive, right? But I can tell you receiving feels so good. And a lot of times I just tell people, let me show you. Some people are like, no, no, it is. It's so much better. Okay. Here's a test. I want you to say you're welcome. Because, right, you just gave somebody something, they said thank you, and then you say, you're welcome. Just say it, you're welcome. And now I want you to say thank you. And I want you to feel the difference between those two. Which one of those two had stronger energy, lit you up a lot more? You're welcome. Or thank you. Mm -hmm. It is not better to give than to receive. (laughs) It's really not. I was like, I really kind of liked both there. There is like, there's a power to both. Exactly. An energetic power to both. Yeah. But a lot of times the gratitude that is attached to thank you gives you an even higher vibration, higher charge. Mm -hmm. And if you keep Mm -hmm. repeating, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. The charge usually goes down. But if you keep repeating, thank you, the charge goes up. So while you're thinking or you've been told it's better to give than to receive, the truth is you really do love receiving. And when you don't receive, you build up a certain amount of resistance. And then that resistance creates a cycle. So let's talk about money here, because here is a cycle that I see a lot of times around money. You maybe feel some desperation right? Oh, I got to get some money. Got to get some money. What should I do? I'll sell this. I'll sell that. I'll tell people I know this, right? And so then you feel that desperation. And then you get a little bit of remorse because you're like, oh, I shouldn't have sold that thing. Oh, I shouldn't have sold it for that much. Or maybe they won't like me anymore. And then after the remorse comes like this, uh, well, it, it, I had to do it. And there's like a justification, right? Gotta, I got to pay my bills. I got to do this thing. And but I had to do what I had to do. And then then you go to resentment. Well, why did they put me in that position anyway? And then you go back to, I'm desperate. Uh, remorse. I shouldn't have done that. And then the cycle continues. And we stay in that loop for a very long time before we realize Whoa, hold up. That all of this is emotion. When am I, I going to be waiting for that loop to spiral like positive? And I was like, oh no, we're spiraling down here. This yeah. is we're there's nowhere to go but down in this little loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get stuck there. We get stuck there because we look at our neighbor and we're like, oh shoot, they bought a new car. Does that mean we need a new car? We do need a new car. I need a new car. I should get a new car. I'm getting a new car. Hey, I just honey, we should get a new car. It's like, wait, where did that come from? Right? Spiral, just spiraled. And it and that loop that we get stuck in is all emotional all emotion, all emotion. And even if we, if we don't stop it, then what ends up happening is we just stay in that loop and we never feel good about where we are. And if you are, yep. Ooh, I like it. Mm -hmm. And if we are not where we want to be financially, it does not mean that we have to be emotionally drained or down about that. You can, you can be lower, you know, you can have less money than you want to have and still be in integrity and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm building my business. It's not there yet, but it's growing. I just got a new client. I only have one client right now. I know most of the people in the world have 50, 20, 30, a million clients, whatever, but I have one and I am grateful for that client, right? If you can feel good about that and be in integrity about that and not have to fake it till you make it, but just act as if you are grateful for that client, Mm -hmm. then that is where the emotional mastery begins because you're being authentic. And it's you're the most powerful word that just like emerged from me and you were sharing that was the word yet. Like yet just opens up a whole new room of possibilities yeah. that we can uh that we can move into. It is such an expansive way to describe this piece. Yeah. In this like cycle of shame there is an energy and I'll label the energy um, that I want to help like people see and identify and move out of because I find it so incredibly toxic uh, as people are attempting to move into the yet spiral. Um, Mm. And that is this righteous energy that gets projected 
on to conversations with respect to money. And I observe it. Um, I've observed it because that energy has been projected uh, onto me in the past. And I've, I've done the work to not like, I, I just recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it catches me off guard, and sometimes I'm like, oh, that's stung a little bit. But this righteousness of, well, I don't need that much. Who does she think she is having <laughs> fill in the blank? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm here to help people not to get rich. It's this, it's mm. that energy that uh, I always find righteousness is a symptom of lack, but I would in, in any context, but I would love your perspective on this with your background in psychotherapy. Like what, what is it a symptom Yeah. And how do we get in front of it? Well, at its core, it starts out very innocent and and sweet, right? But then it becomes the justification. And when it's the justification, that's when it gets all snarky and puffed up, right? But at its core, what is happening? It says there are different types of people in the world. And I call it your prosperity birthright. And some people, I call they're called wise ones. And the wise ones were really just put on the earth to just collect data and then articulate that data to other people because most people are service. And I'm using the term most and, you know, therapists, don't usually use that term, but it, most people are surface. If you have a conversation with, they're going to talk about the weather, sports, something very surface. You're not going to have a deep, deep conversation with most people. And so, but the wise ones, they can't even have a surface conversation. It's not even, they're not even capable. They don't even know the weather. Oh, there's weather happening outside. Like what, what, what is weather? Right. But if you ask them about the state of human beings or, you know, or could, they can look right in your eyes and read your soul, those wise ones, They were put on the earth to do that work and that work alone. And they will be taken care of because people will feel so heard, so understood by them. But that's not the way the world works anymore. Not right now, at least. You got to get a job. You got to fend for yourself. Nobody's taking care of the wise ones right now. So in another time and place, the wise one would have been fully taken care of, but they aren't anymore. So they have to go out and make money. And inside of them somewhere, there's a little bit of resentment for having to do that because they feel like they're the wise ones. Now, they're also this group of people who are not the wise ones, but they're like baby wise ones, right? They're like, I could I could help people. I can help people, but they're not the wise ones. And so because they're not wildly successful either way, like I'm not wildly successful at business, but I'm also not wildly successful at helping people either. I'm kind of like in between. Now I really have resentment because I don't know who I am. What is my prosperity birthright? I'm not making a lot of money. So but it's because I don't want to, because I'm righteous, right? Why would I want to make money off of people? That's just terrible. But the truth is you would like to make money. You just don't know how to be honest about that. And you also would like to make money because there are some things that you would want. Maybe not everything. Maybe you don't need the biggest house or the fanciest car or all the trips. You might not, but you need something and all of that is okay, but you don't know it's okay. And because you haven't given yourself permission to want those things, they are not going to give you or me permission either. So because they haven't given themselves permission nor us permission, then they have created a rule, a law. Oh, now it's a law, but it's not. It has become your law, but I am not governed by those same laws. And I don't subscribe to that. So what I would like in my life is this, and it's okay for me to have this and you to have that. And as soon as we are okay with saying you're blonde, I'm brunette, or my hair's gray, so <laughs> you and all of that is okay. We do not have to be all exactly alike. I can have millions and millions and millions and billions of dollars, and you can have hundreds, and both of us can be happy. And you don't have to look at me, and I don't have to look at you in judgment either. But the judgment is what comes up when the when the justification turns into judgment. That's when the righteousness is overshadowing the innocence that comes with that. But it starts out very innocent. It's just that they have to justify it. And then by justifying it, they judge. There's a lot of judgy in the world right now. Yeah, it is. I think everyone is sort of on display. That that energy is allowed to sort of uh, be pervasive. It just feels like energetic uh, pollution uh, in, in my in my realm. In yeah. My and I mean, um, coming from where I come from, where I've been judged 
you know, uh, all my life and really all of us have, but just being a black female, you, you, you come into this world with a, a, a heavier layer of judgment. So the judgment that I feel in the world right now, it really is no different than what I felt when I was two. But what I feel is that pe- more people are aware of it. That's really what I feel. And people who didn't used to get judged now get judged. It's like, wait, me? No, 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 you can't judge me. Oh yeah, we can judge you too. But the truth <laughs> is all of it is fake and phony. None of the judgment matters because nobody wants to be judged. So why are we judging others? So it's fake and phony because none of us want it, but we're all giving it out, right? And and you think we're talking about negative judgment, but judgment on both sides. The moment you say, oh, oh, she looks good in that dress. That's your judgment. You, you don't get to say, you, you're not the judge of anybody's looks. Who are you? Right. Oh, you shouldn't wear that. Oh, that color doesn't look that great on you. Oh, you know what color would look great on you? You should wear more fuchsia. It's like judgment, judgment, judgment. We scan the world over waiting to be the expert at something. And that's what it really boils down to. We're all trying to sound so smart and be so, you know, expert that we are judging so that we can contrast. Oh, this isn't right. This is. This isn't right. This Mm -hmm. is. Right. And so the judgment really is just a phoniness. It's just it's just a mask for wanting to be liked and accepted. Well, and it's interesting too, because I, th- I think it's also indicative of the fact that so few of us have been given tools to be able to like really navigate personal growth in such a mm. fast moving uh, world with so many different yes. inputs. Like judging is easy. We, at the end of the day, yep. uh, you know what, compared to this, I'm here, therefore yep. I'm okay. And I either can like do the personal work or you know what relative to her i'm not that crazy so i think i'm just right yep. like it, it it allows us to anchor ourselves into either stagnation yep or can be a tool for aspiration in other in other arenas uh, but i don't even think we know what we're doing i don't exactly think the average person, right it's like the average person yeah. has tools to manage money let alone personal development and that's what i mean when i say the judgment is phony is because it's just a it's, it's a means to keep going and it's like let it go. Stop trying to make it something like you don't even know what it is yet. And the fact that you don't know what it is yet, we call it a presidential pause because our the name of my company is Presidential Lifestyle. It's like, just take a presidential pause. And so many times the universe has given me the opportunity to take a presidential pause. And in the beginning, I hated them. I hated them. I was just like, this isn't fair. Why are you doing this to me, the universe? Like, don't I deserve to be busy like everybody else? <laughs> right? That sounds ridiculous. But that was sort of my claim to fame. I have so much going on. You have no idea how much I have going on. Like, even if I didn't have money, if I had a lot going on, that felt good. Right. So, because of that, knowledge or that understanding that I now have when I get a presidential pause, I know that this is the universe saying, take a rest. Cause I'm about to like, this is about to flow for you, baby. Yeah. So take a rest. But what ends up happening is we don't trust. And so we're like, Oh, I better push. I better, you know, build, I better hammer and whatever, some boards together and make some stuff happen. Because if I don't, then nobody else will. Or I could just pause and watch this come together because the show is so good. It's show is so good. But when you don't watch the show, when you try to be part of, it's not as good on the stage as it is in the audience. And if you can get yourself in the audience and just let it unfold before your eyes, it feels so good. And money is that way. But because we force it, we end up pushing it away. So if to put this in real, because I'm talking very Kanaeisms, my friends are like, oh, my friends always translate for, for me to other people. But <laughs> let me put this in language that people can understand. But since I didn't bring my friends today. Exactly. <laughs> I have to translate myself. So let's break it down into like examples. So when you are running a business, assuming I'm making an assumption that either people listening are either business owners or they run a division of somebody's business that they are very responsible for um, some key performance indicators, which is not terms I typically use, but I'm just trying to sound smart right now. So um, funny, but um, so people have this, this need to succeed, right? And the only way they know if they succeeded is these numbers. 
And so everybody is running around trying to know their numbers. Well, a lot of times the number is a dollar amount. It has a dollar sign associated with it. Oh, we made a million. Oh, we made 10 million. Oh, we hit a billion. Oh, we hit 50,000 this month, whatever the number is, right? We had our, our biggest month ever, but how unorganized was your month? How, how, how much, many times did you go to church or um, get a massage or whatever else is important to you? Your kids soccer game. Like, did you do any of that stuff? So, oh, okay. But you did make the biggest month you ever had. Okay. Cause that's, what's most important to you. Got it. So then you put all this energy in having the biggest month you ever had and that built you up. Now I'm the best. I'm the biggest. I'm the baddest. I have a crown. And then the universe pauses things for you and you have the worst month you ever had. But because you had the worst month you ever had, you had time to go to that soccer game. You had time to go to church. You had time to get that massage. You had time to hang out with your friends, but you still feel like crap. Why is that? I'm so upset with you right now. Like, do you hear yourself? And so that's to put it in normal, easy terms to understand. You give yourself credit when you have the best financial month you ever had, but you don't give yourself any credit when you have the lowest, even though in those moments you didn't enjoy life when you had the best financial month you ever had, but you did enjoy life when you had the lowest. That is the universe trying to show you something. So maybe, maybe there's a shift and it doesn't have to be either or, but because you've been either or, that's what you've been getting. So the universe is saying there is a way for you to have it all. You can have your time with family. You can have your time with friends. You can have your massage. You can go do your spiritual work and you can have money, but you can't put money first and do that. It's like a puzzle. We have a tool we use called the Anthropology Life System and we look at eight factors in your life and they're all of equal importance and they're all mm-hmm. things that can be accelerated through the entrepreneurial journey. One of them is income, like just one of the yeah. eight and they're, they're not meant to all be 10 out of 10 at any given yes, moment. Yes, exactly. Rarely will they be, right? But right. if you're 10 out of 10 on the money and you're like one out of 10 on the on the family or, you know, your legacy or your health or any of these other pieces, well, then like, you know, like we are deeply out of balance. Yep. Deeply out of balance. Exactly. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we can, you mentioned this piece and I was like, we have to come back to this. Uh, you, you talked about this concept called the prosperity uh, birth oh, birthrights. Yeah. Can we, can we go right back to mm-hmm. what that, uh, what that is? Because just the energy of that, I was like, Ooh, I want to understand this idea of yep. a, of a prosperity birthright. Um, so that we have an understanding of where we, where we come from, because I actually think this is foundational to, to money, the conversations yep. that happen around us, where we were born into the construct of beliefs as a result of that. I don't even know if that's where we're going, but to me, it's really hard to talk about where we could go if we don't acknowledge where we came from. It is. It's so good. And you're actually going to end up editing this podcast and putting this at the beginning because this is where we should have started. This is so good. Okay. So let me first say that I borrowed these principles from Ayurveda principles. I did not come up with them, but I adjusted them because I saw I see everything from a money lens because of this is just my life's work. So when I heard about these principles, I was like, oh my gosh, I know how this relates to money. So this birthright of your, oh, and I grew up in a church that always talked about your prosperity birthright. So, but it never broke it down and explained that we have different prosperity birthrights. So you and I are, may have different ones, but I might be comparing myself to you, which is unfair to me because we don't have the same prosperity birthright. So I already talked about what I call the wise one. And the wise one is just that they're just, they just have a bunch of wisdom. They may end up having money, but they don't lead. That's not what they lead with. They don't lead with having money first. It just usually happens based on them continuously being consistent in their wisdom. And then, and what typically happens is if they partner with one of the other uh, birthrights, then they could be more successful. The second one that I like to mention is what I call the leader. And the leader is, they're the type of person that like, if they decide today, this morning, that they're going to have a party by the end of the night, their house is full of people. 
They just that people just activate around them. They can get people to take action. They're just leaders. And wise ones, maybe not so much. They don't necessarily get people to take action. In fact, people usually don't take action from a wise one because a wise one is giving you future information, information you're going to need for your future, not for right now. Leaders are very good at being present in the moment. And so people love that present in the moment and they can work with that, but they can't work with the future self as much. So that's the leader. And then you have what I call the reaper. And the reaper is like the person who came up with like the pet rock or the chia pet. Like they could just turn anything into money. It does not matter. It's like, yeah, how did that work? Right now where the leader, they might get money pretty quickly just because people say yes to them easily. The reaper gets money quickly because it just is that Midas touch kind of thing. Even if people want to say no, like how many people want a chia pet, right? But some reason million, and, and, and I'm from America, so I don't even know if this was in other countries, but there was this weird little toy. Do you know this thing that you- I can think of the you, Chia Pets. Yeah. Like the Chia Pets song pet, is now- Chia, 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 right? Yeah. So I was going to say, it's in my brain, but I'm going to I'm gonna not let it have airtime, but they said it out loud and all I'm day sorry. I'm going to be singing. Thank, thanks, Kanae. Thanks. No, Let's no, move past. No, think of clap on, clap off. Remember that one? Sham wow, like all these like ridiculously reapers, reapers, reapers. Yes. So thus a reaper, they could just come up with anything and it just turns into money. Now, then the last one is the showman and or showwoman. But don't get that confused to mean that they always have to be in the show business, but they're just the kind of person that's like the center of attention and they make money because it usually has something to do with them being the center of attention, not necessarily the leader, right? Because if you think about a showman, if somebody puts on the show, the producer, the director, they're really the leader. The actor is is hired by them, but the actor makes it what it is. So with them, without them, the money is not really happening. So they're like the foundation of the money, but they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily the one taking the the money and giving out the tickets, right? But they create the opportunity for the money to come. So you have to understand where you fall. And when I say these, I have no quiz or no assessment to help you figure out which one you are. You usually know. And if you don't, after you hear me say this, if I just planted a seed, you will then start to figure out because you're like, oh, yeah, I am that person that could have a party and then everybody's here. Yep, you're a leader. And the way that you're going to make money as a leader is because people tend to want to say yes to you. Oh, you're a wise one. Yes, the way you're going to make money as a wise one is to partner with one of the other per- prosperity birthrights so that that money can come in easier or you're going to wait for it. Wait for it because that's the those are the two options for a wise one. And if you're a reaper, we don't even have to talk about money. But with a reaper, understand there will be a lot of fluctuation. Windfalls, nothing. Windfalls, nothing. Windfalls, nothing. You need to understand that as a reaper. And then and then as a showman, you need to understand that the money might not, you might not produce the actual money. Somebody else will, but you'll be in co- direct connection with the money coming. So begin to think about where you fall when it comes to these, because if if, if Megan, you are a leader and I am a wise one and I'm looking at you and I'm like, people just always say yes to her. And they're always telling me, wait, I'm sad. Why? Why is it not happening for me? Right. And all I have to do is just wait, wait my turn because I'm a wise one. And so it's coming. It's just, just wait till they get to their future self. Cause when they get to their future self, they're going to say yes to you. They're just not there yet. And that is not easy to, you know, to stomach, but that is where you are. Or if you're a reaper, you have to understand that your money will come, ebb and flow. It, it just does. Now, can you shift your prosperity birthright? Sure you can, but that's the work you were talking about. You got to do your work. Yeah. You got to do your work. And so if it's, it was so easy for me as you were going through these pieces to identify how uh, quote unquote entrepreneurs would fit into one of these yep. categories. What about an individual who's like, I'm a lifelong employee. Like I don't, I feel like I have less control over my financial destiny and the birthright piece. How does, well, how that's just going to be what job you choose. Yeah. That's just what job you choose. Right. Cause you, if you are a reaper, then you could be the in, inventor or whatever. I, I watch food that built America right now. That's um, on the history channel, something I've been watching and just to see, these people that you never heard of, like you, heard, you might know the the CEO of Quaker Oats or you know or uh, Mars Candy or something like that, but 
you don't know the inventor inside that came up with this candy. And you've been putting, giving credit to the company. You've been giving credit maybe to the CEO, but there is a gentleman or a woman inside making that recipe and creating that exact color and that exact texture and all of that. That is somebody's, that's a, that is either a reaper or a, or a showman. So you have to do that in your work. So you might go into sales. If you're a leader, you're going to go into sales because people say yes to you, right? If you're a wise one, you are probably in HR. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably not in sales. <laughs> no, no, you, I, you, if, if, oh, and let me say this, if you are a wise one and you are in sales, know that you will be second most of the time, not first. And there's a reason for that. And I'm going to tell you, and we talked about this earlier and it is the integrity. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times to be first in sales, you have to almost say anything to get the person to buy. A wise one is not even capable. They cannot say anything. They will say, well, no, it won't do that, but it will do this. Would you still like it? And people say, "Eh, I don't know. Let me think about it. Right. But if you say, yes, absolutely, it'll do that. And they buy it and they're like, I thought you said it did that. Well, maybe you're not doing it right. Maybe you got to, you know, tilt it a little differently or whatever. They try to make it, put it on you. But the truth is that thing never really did the thing that they said it does, but they just wanted to make the sale. So they said what they had to say. A reaper is not capable. I'm sorry. A wise one is not capable of doing that. So they would have to be second because they have to tell the truth. They have to be honest. Can I tell me about your framework that I know you've taken my mastermind group through before that mm. speaks to our our inclined management and relationship with money? I don't remember the name of the framework, yes. which is why I'm describing it. Uh, <laughs> money that, mentality. That way? Yes, okay, money so mentality. That money mentality piece, because you know, come full circle to where we were talking about at the beginning. I my audience is like enjoying these conversations around money. I think what we don't understand is like the origins of why we manage yeah. money a certain way or the characteristics of our money management style. Right. Can we get into Yes, absolutely. So I find what happens is people know a lot of the problems, right? They know that, oh, they say stuff like, I don't manage money well. I'm not a numbers person. They may say, you know, like, oh, I just lose money. They know those things. They're able to state the problem pretty clearly. Um, They may not know the why at all. And they think the solution is either one, oh, I need to get better at money management. That's what they think. It's like some sort of course or class they need to take. Or they think, I just need to have more of it. I probably just never had enough of it to get it right, right? And neither of those is really true. What is true is that you'll need emotional mastery. And part of emotional mastery doesn't mean that you're good at all the areas of what I call the bunny cycle. It just means you know which ones are your strengths and which ones are you might be challenged with, and then you work around them. So first, let me describe the money cycle, and then I'll describe the money mentality types. So the money cycle is earn, grow, protect, gift, and enjoy your money. Now, how you navigate the money cycle is going to determine your level of stress, which will then determine your level of success. And if you go straight from earning it to enjoying it, you're only going to be successful for so long. And if you are, and let's be clear, if you are a reaper and you go from earning it to enjoying it, I already told you that your money fluctuates, right? So if your money is going to fluctuate and you went from enjoying, from, from earning it to enjoying it, you're not going to have any because you didn't take the time to grow it and protect it. You probably gifted it because sometimes reapers are also enthusiasts, which I'll explain in just a second. So you know your prosperity birthright, right? You know the money cycle, right? Now let's talk about your money personality. I want to be clear that you have heard a lot about mindset. That is conscious brain. You're not going to overcome your money challenges from conscious brain. That's the money course or the money management stuff. You're only going to get Again, so much. For the people in the back, you are not <laughs> going to solve these issues from your conscious brain. Okay, carry on. This is when I say mentality, it is a you know cute way for me to say subconscious brain. So we are talking about what happens underneath. So the ones that you probably are familiar with are the spender and the saver. 
the spender, that's all they know what to do with money is spend it. They're just like, got it, spend it, got it, spend it, got it, spend it. That's just innately the way that they've done it. Savers, exactly the opposite. They get it, save it. And they don't even have to make a lot of it to figure out ways to save it. And not only do they want to save, like save, like spend the least, like the cheapest buy that way, they also just want to keep money. So they might not take risks in the way that they grow the money, save and grow two different things. When I say grow, that has an element of save in it, but it also includes investing. And so as a saver, that's still just not enough because your risk tolerance might be too low for you to really grow your money. So the spender, the saver, the next one is the blamer. And rarely do the blamers listen to these kinds of podcasts because they're putting the control outside of them. They're saying it's the the man's fault. It's the government's fault. You know, it's my, my boss's fault, my parents' fault. It's always somebody else. They're not taking on responsibility. And, and, it, and some of that is true. It is society's fault, but just because it's society's fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility to do something about it, right? So it's time to take responsibility. Blamers have a hard time with that. And so if you find yourself blaming others for your money challenges, then you may be falling into that space as a blamer. Then there is the enthusiast. And I talked about the enthusiast a little bit earlier. Enthusiast is the by the bar person. They will help you take care of your wants, not your needs. That's the hero, which I'll talk about next. So you go to an enthusiast when you want to go out, when you want to go shopping, when you want to go vacation, they will end up paying, helping you pay for it. And the enthusiast is very similar to a reaper. Enthusiasts usually has some get rich quick scheme. They may not be a reaper, but sometimes the, those two go hand in hand. Their money also fluctuates because they are often looking for the next best thing. They're like, oh, and then, oh, oh, here's something else. Here's something else. So they move on very quickly. It's a, it's a person who who's probably come to you and ask you to invest in something. <laughs> and you're like, oh, not another one of these <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're, they're dopamine driven. Yes. Reaper and enthusiast. I'm like, oh, we have some serious dopamine pathways that need to Yes. Be exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, so from the enthusiast is the hero. Hero, similar to the enthusiast, except the hero is good at all of the money areas. And this is what I, I'm sorry. Let me go back and say that the saver, I'm going to talk about each one real quick again. The spender is really good at enjoying money. They may not be good at growing it or protecting it, but they can be good at earning it and they can be good at at enjoying it. And those things are important. So where they would want to work on, they would want to work on growing and protecting. The saver may be good at earning them, maybe not. They don't, it doesn't matter to them how much they earn. All they focus on is growth, but they could they could improve in investing more. So they might be good at putting the money away, but not growing it, or which is actually a form of protecting the money. So get the money to work for you. And they could probably increase in, in gifting because typically when you're trying to save, you're probably not thinking how you can go spend money on other people. So they can do some work around the gifting area. And then blamers, they usually have to work in all the areas except enjoy. They're usually really good at enjoying like, money. They have a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. they do. <laughs> and then enthusiasts. <laughs> and then enthusiasts, they're really good at earning and enjoying. They're not good at protecting. They can be good at growing, but because their risk tolerance is so high, sometimes they have really big losses. So if you are an enthusiast, you want to look at protecting your money more. You want to look at um, making sure that you, your income, income streams or revenue streams are consistent because a lot of times they have those fluctuating income streams and then they feel like they get those highs and lows, which then can sometimes call, uh-huh, and it ca- sometimes can cause anxiety and depression. So um, the hero ha- is really good at most of the areas of the money cycle and sometimes too good at gifting. The heroes often give, 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 give. They really do believe it's better to give than to receive. That was my money mentality before I started doing this work. And the hero is usually the family martyr. A lot of times the hero is breaking the generational curse. They might have some survivor remorse. 
Um, and so they, they try to feel that by spending money on other people. Well, since I'm the one that got out, you know, since I'm the one that was successful, nobody else in my family went to college. Oh, I did. I guess I have to make sure they're all okay. Or since I'm the one who got, you know, opened the big company and made millions of dollars or whatever, they typically are the one that has to save. That's why they're called the hero. So the hero has to work to set boundaries and, and do the work to see that money is not the only way to solve problems. There's this time, there's this thing called time, there's this thing called energy and like expertise. You could teach a man to fish or whatever the saying is, right? So there's a that that's what the hero's work is. And then there is the artist and the artist has a love-hate relationship with money. They typically don't want to talk about money, but the artist wants their money. They're like, oh, that was that'll be ten thousand dollars, and you're like, whoa, um, we never talked about it being ten thousand dollars. Oh, I didn't tell you it was gonna be ten thousand dollars before I started doing the work. Yeah, then because they don't like the confrontation around money, then they're like, you know what, just give me five. Is that okay? And then you're like, okay, that's weird. And then there's all this weird energy around the money. So, and the last one would be the president. That's the seventh, and that's the ideal money mentality type. You want to be a president because the president it has. Harmony. That's what we talked about earlier, right? It's not balance. It's not all of them are going to be exactly right, but it has harmony around all five of the the money cycle, the areas of the money cycle. Harmony is like it's such a great it's a great word. I like where it I like where it vibrates. Balance is like teeter tottering to me. It's like one or the other. Yeah. But harmony is like this. It's so much more inclusive in how we in how we describe it. It's funny, as you said this, and you were talking about the artist, I'm like, I also think we should just call that like the doctor, the artist slash doctor. <laughs> uh, like, I'm just going to help you. Sorry, I didn't, I wasn't clear on what the surgery caused. I'm just, like, it is, it's so it's interesting. We're just, we're just, I just don't want any, I'm really big on people not opting themselves out. So yeah. And it's so funny because that is who, those are the two people I work with the most, doctors and like actual artist creatives. Two people I work with the most. Now, I would have thought in doing this work that I would have tra- attracted more heroes. I do attract heroes. And some of the artists, like artists, heroes, sometimes we can toggle between those two. Like I was a hero a lot, but I can sometimes toggle to to artists. But I grew up with entrepreneurs as my parents. And I grew up in a church that taught prosperity. So it wasn't likely that I was going to stay in hero. I mean, stay in artist. So whenever I go into artist, I get right back into hero, and then I have to work to go to president. And 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 I want people to understand that this is this is not a one and done. Like, oh, you drink that, you know, tonic, and now you're a president. No, 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 no. You are constantly because there are constantly things in society trying to reprogram you, and you can't let that happen. So I'm vigilant about making sure I stay in the president, but I know that the hero is lurking and saying, but it would be so great if I could just give and not receive today. And I'm like, we're not doing that anymore. Reciprocity, please. Reciprocity. (laughs) It's an exchange. It's an exchange. I love this framework. I I remember when you shared it with uh, my group and you could just see everybody's faces. There was just these aha moments because they felt seen in mm-hmm. how they managed their, their money and the origins of those, uh, those patterns. I just find it so valuable. I also think this is a beautiful place to transition the interview. Can I, I've got a few rapid fire questions I want to throw okay. your way before we wrap up. I call these uh, my impact ingredients and mm-hmm. my first question for you. And, and listen, I want to set this up appropriately because um, I intend for these to be rapid fire. And so they could, these could be like a whole interview in and of themselves, <laughs> but we're going to like, I, we're going to go with the gut check response that okay. comes to you as we're moving, as okay. we're moving through them. I feel so the pressure. Is, I know there's no math questions, so we can just <laughs> let goodness. that, we can let that go. Okay. When you need it at a moment's notice, how do you cultivate courage? <laughs> it's easy. I cultivate it before I need it. It just, it, that's my work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> my work. Cause who, you know, it's not like, I just, can we stop here for a second? It's not like it's going to be in your agenda. You are going to require courage. Exactly. When you do it, when you, um, 
it's usually like I'm driving and something happened. I have to be courageous right now. So this is a perfect answer today. Like I hope everyone's just hearing this. You have a practice to cultivate courage every damn day mm-hmm. um, because you're going to grow in the world. Uh, you don't know when you're going to need it. Okay. Exactly. I derailed us from rapid fire. So we're going to come back okay. to it. And we're back. What is your, and we're back. Uh, what is your motivational beverage of choice? <laughs> a smoothie. <laughs> but that sounds so cliche. Believe me, there's no cliche with this particular question uh, anymore. So we're going to go with, we're going to go with smoothie. Uh, what's the biggest non-negotiable for you in your life? The smoothie. <laughs> I'm so serious. It's like anything health related because inside my smoothie is like adaptogens and vitamins. And I'm like, don't, pl- I do not play with my vitamins. Like do not know. But you know what? Sleep. I'm sorry. It really is sleep. If any of my family or friends would say sleep. I'm also really glad we did the courage question first because I'm pretty sure if it was third, you'd be like, my smoothie. My smoothie is like the origin of all courage. That's hilarious. Okay, so let's, last question. Okay. As as an entrepreneur, were you born with it? Did you learn to become an entrepreneur? Ooh, I think I got both. I was raised by entrepreneurs. So it's really hard. It's like, it's so hard to tell, but I'm also unemployable. So I probably like, you don't, you don't want to hire me because I'm gonna try to run your company. <laughs> you, you just won't hire me. you be like, oh, no, it's not a good fit for us. Um, last question for you, Kanae. Uh, what do you want your legacy of impact to be? That I changed the way mental health was viewed and administered. Amazing. Kene Corder, it is always a pleasure to spend uh, time with you. Where yes. can I direct people so they can hang out with you a little bit? Uh, the easiest place is our website is presidentiallifestyle.com, but I'll give you a link so you guys can just click on the link in the show notes. Um, I'm also on TikTok where you saw a little bit of my fun personality. That's probably where I'll do a little bit more personal and fun, easygoing stuff. And then on YouTube is where you'll see my serious, like you can learn something from me. So depending upon what you're looking for in the moment, either go to TikTok or you can go to YouTube. Oh, I guess LinkedIn is pretty serious as well articles and stuff like that. Um, so depending upon who's listening, go where you like to go and you can meet me there. Well, we will hook everyone up in the show notes. You can find those at meganwalker.com forward slash a podcast. Kenny Corder, always a pleasure. Thanks for being here. But I also will say, if you want more of me, we also have a free community. When you go to our website, you'll see a link for the free community. If you're like, oh my God, I got to hang out with that girl more. Some more. I do too. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Also linked in the show notes. Kane, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so overjoyed. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in, or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel, and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.